uh, we started a series on the 11th commandment. And it's amazing, uh, through the New Testament, Jesus, well, in, in, he was at the Last Supper, and he introduces this thought right before he's about to be betrayed. In fact, he, he told Judas, he says, Judas, go and do what you need to do quickly, get. And then he goes, guys, I got a new commandment. And he drops his commandment on them. And it's the 11th commandment because it's not in the Old Testament. And it's talking about loving one another. He goes, you need to love each other to the place where the world will know that you're my disciples. So that leaves us with, well, what do you mean love? Because there's all kinds of love. Love is two things. It's a feeling and it's an act of your will. It's an action that you take. And that's why the Greeks, and, and the New Testament was written in Greek, it has an advantage because they give us a series of words for love. So you know that if it's family love, storge, you know, that's, you know they, they, they go, listen, I want you to love each other. But they would, it would have come out, and our understanding is, you need to family love one another. Or uh, philia, or philio, some people call, say it. And it's a brotherly love. And then there's eros. It's erotic love. And so whenever they would mention this love, they, it would be in such a, a context that they knew exactly what type of love. And we're going to take a look at that. Uh, Pastor Peter touched on that uh, a little two weeks ago. But it, it, it is important because over and over again in the New Testament, it says you've got to do this more and more and more. Love each other. So that's really difficult. You know, I, I don't really even like some of them. But that's an act of your will. But when you're doing an act of your will, love, oh, they're going to think I like them. They think I love them. And you know what? There's, there's a path of, of understanding that the Lord's going to give us. So let's take a look at the main verse. And this is what Jesus did at the Passover right before he was betrayed. This is what he said in John. He said, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. So what we need to do is how do we get to a place? How do we get to an understanding? How do we get to a safeguard? Because... How many have been hurt by love? In fact, there's a lot of us who just, that's our experience with love. And too many of us said, well, I'll never love again. It's too painful. It's too costly. But the scriptures tell us, no, you need to do this more and more and more. And the crazy thing, I've heard people say, I just love God so much. I don't have any love left for the brethren. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. In the first John, it tells us, hey, if you don't love your brothers, you don't know God. Because God is love. So, God has given us a command. He goes, I've given you a new command. I can't command a feeling. You know, if the, the feeling part, I can't make you love someone. But you can out of an act of your will. And then a lot of times that leads to love. But we've got to see there's, there is a progression here that gives us a safety. 
so that we can love. We're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 down to the ninth chapter. We're going to go back to verse 1, but we need to explain what's happening in 9, have an understanding, and that way we'll know why he says what he says at chapter 1, why he starts with it. He goes, now, about your love, guess what the Greek word is? I gave it to you, right? It's brotherly. Now about your brotherly love for one another, have been taught by God to agape. Like, wait a minute. Before you can brotherly love someone, brotherly love a sister, you've got to have experienced God's love. Now, I'm, I'm not picking out anybody. The problem is, is whenever we go into depth and we explain the depravity of man, and I start explaining it, someone goes, oh, he's talking about me. I'm talking about so many of us. You see, when we experience agape, God's undeserved perfect love, he loved us. He first loved us, agape. He Opened the doors, loved us. He accepted us. He forgave us. That's agape. In my worst state, he loves me. And to come to an understanding, to be able to receive that, brings healing. You know, the, the, your fears, your lack, your inability, your shame, has, can be healed by receiving God's love for us. What his son did for us. So that we could be with him. And you, you live in that. You dwell in that. You repeat that truth to you. Until you start to receive the love of God. Because when that healing comes. Now. It gives you a foundation. It gives you a safety place. To love your brother. To filio. Here, for instance. So many of us have a, a spirit of abandonment I know I know uh, young girls whose father has died when they were young and they carried along this this sense of abandonment or you know your boyfriends broke up with you you were divorced your parents divorced and your dad left the house you know, there's a sense of abandonment that comes on you and that, that creates a fear this is how it works when we, when we do premarital counseling, this, these are the things that we're looking for because we want someone who is whole and healed marrying someone who's whole and healed. You see, they don't, I, we don't want a situation where I just need him. No, because that means you're needy. Love should be a decision, an act of your will. And if you've been healed, do you know what? There's things, there's people who've fallen in love and they go, we're in love, we're going to get married. I go, you got no business getting married. You don't get married just because you love them. That's danger. You don't get, because if you're not a whole person and I'm marrying them because they meet this emotional need that I have, then I'm always having to go to them to be healed. You're healed by the Lord. Guys, here's the problem with g girls. Is, guys, every guy has a big, he's wearing blue tights and has a big 
red S on his chest, in his mind anyway. They want to be your Superman, you know. They want to be, and actually it ends up, you're their kryptonite. <laughs> they want to fix you. I don't want someone who needs to be fixed. I don't want to be Superman. I married an equal. And I can have conversations, adult conversations. We can disagree and love each other. Because we're not hitting on something that's not been healed. I can have an adult conversation with Dr. Crystal. Because her wholeness comes from the Lord. Her acceptance comes from God. She likes for me to believe and accept her, but it's not mandatory every day. We, I, who dis, I disagree with me, and I still love me. How is that possible? I really, I have some thoughts. I really disagree with that, Mark. Yeah, well, it's what you believe. You know, it's just, wow. So do you see, in the order of things here, it says, look, here's how God has taught you and has released you. He's made you safe to love someone because you've been healed by his perfect love. You can get close to somebody. And I'm like, let me tell you, this, this thing is so huge. In the years that Crystal and I have, have been counseling and we would counsel with couples. Do you know, we spent so much time with some couples. I mean, we were there every weekend. They're at a house every weekend. But usually they had more toys, so we were there every weekend. And I, you just you, you get on the phone. They call you. So I've got a problem. I go, hey, okay, you know, well, I love you. And you hang up. Well, this one, this, this one couple, the, this girl, um, young woman, her family thought... You're too close. The pastor's always over there and his wife. We think you're having an affair with Mark. I mean, we do have vacations. We go snow skiing. And when she said, when her, fam her family all got together, said, we believe God has showed us you're having an affair. She said, no. And she was, knew we weren't, so she just, it wasn't that big deal. She said, no. And they go, it's an emotional affair. Tell me you don't love him. She, I, I, um, I, <clears throat> I don't love him. Does that sound like she's telling the truth? And they go, we got you. We got you. So she calls me up. She's in tears. She goes, they said that we're having an emotional, I'm having an emotional affair. And, and they asked me if I loved you. I go, well, I hope you told them the truth. She goes, I did. I told them I didn't. I go, that doesn't sound right. I said, I absolutely love you. Tell it to me back. I, uh, I love you. I go, say it like you mean it. I really mean it. She goes, I, I do love you. I do. I'm going to call them and tell them that I do love you. Why? There's a reason why. Because I'm not in need of someone loving me. God has loved me.
God has healed that wound in me of needing to be loved. God is proud of you for the decision you made to follow his son. When you've stood up for righteousness. Wow. And you let that healing take place. The problem is there's so many Christians that don't stay there. They don't feel the love of God. They're not in awe of this love that he has for us. That he sent his only begotten to die, to suffer, and then die for you. You need to receive that healing. So it reads on. It says, and in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do this more and more and more and more. This is, this is a command from the Lord. Filial love is achievable if you've received God's agape. I don't want to send anyone out to minister. I don't want to send anyone out in marriage if they've not been healed. Because the relationships, it, it puts a strain on the relationship. You know, I don't want someone who's suffering from the, the pain and the fear of abandonment to get married. Do you know how needy you're calling them all the time, accusing them of everything under the sun? You're, you're going to leave me. I, just, I know you're going to leave me. Who can live under that? Or you, you suffer from a, someone who's been controlling all, all, all your life and now you're controlling. Who wants to live with that? I'm not safe unless I'm controlling this situation. That's, that's not someone who's healed either. Well, let's go back to verse 1. To verse 1 of this chapter. It says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instruct you how to live in order to please God. As in fact, you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you at, by the authority of Jesus Christ. Verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. You should be holy. It's his will, his goal is for you to be holy. Now before you go any further, how do we do that? I mean, I'm a fallen person. I live in flesh. Is it to memorize more scripture? How about go witness every weekend? Let's go down to the strip. Let's witness. It doesn't say that. It says, here's how I want you to be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust. Woo. Where do we go? Oh, I went to, it went, it jumped to, not in passionate lust like the pagans. Okay, it's not in passionate lust like the pagans. Here's the reason. You know what? They don't, they don't have control because they've not been healed. They've not been loved, agape, 
perfect love to receive a healing. So whenever they get close to somebody, you get close to somebody, you naturally start to, you start to fall in love with them. But it, here's what the Bible is introducing. It was, look, I'm introducing this. You control love. Love is not to control you. It's a new concept. You see, back then, even the Jews, the Greeks, the Romans, and the Jews, they would just be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm done with the emotion of love here. I don't feel that emotion anymore with this wife of mine. So I divorce thee, I divorce thee, I divorce thee. And you're free to go off with someone who's erupted this passion love, this eros. The Greeks, they would have the woman who would raise their children. And then you have a mistress. The Romans, they had the same setup, but, they, but sometimes they had boyfriends. They were known to be attracted to the same sex. The Greeks were also, and so were the Jews. The Bible does say, hey, listen, unless it's, there's infidelity, you can't divorce. But they were. And this is what's so amazing about this verse, is... Jesus comes along and goes, look, here's what holiness is. Here's how they know you're my disciples because everyone is just, they're just drug off by lust because they don't know God. They just, they're drug off by the passion and the feeling of love. But here's the difference. You've been healed of that because you've experienced agape, perfect love. And now you can give filio brotherly love that's holiness even when 40 years ago when Crystal and I got married 43 years ago <laughs> yeah, some time ago it was a long time ago and to this day Guys don't believe me. But you know how I could be in love with that other couple? It's because I've never known another woman other than my wife. The Lord taught this to me a long time ago. That if I receive healing from these needs and fears in my life, it releases me. I have a safety belt on. That I can stop. I can stop that thought. That says, I kind of like her. I'm not to be drugged off. By any little girl. Or little boy. Because love does not control me. I control love now. It's become my servant. It says, who do not know God. They don't know God. And that, in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother and sister. In this next verse, it just says, listen, this isn't, the, this isn't the words of a man. This is the words of God. And God will punish those who break it. So what do we do? We see the scripture here. Love is to be under our control, not us under the control of love. That makes us powerful. That gives us the release to love. And this verse here says, we demolish arguments 
and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish them. It says, and we take captive every thought. God himself. They are, they are spiritual to demolish these things. So you know what? You have a power. God's saying, look, you want some spiritual power? To, I'm giving you the ability to go to battle. To take captive these thoughts that are in your head. I just love them so much. I just can't help myself. This not captive. I can love deeply. But it's not going to drag me off. Unless... I say it's right. I have a farm. I have a row of tomatoes that's from that wall to that wall. Loaded with tomatoes. And I go out there to pick. You know, I've got cherry tomatoes. I've got those Italian tomatoes you make paste with. And I got the beef master. You know, the one that's the size of your dog's head. It's just like... And you're waiting for the beef master. And you go out there. There's a bite out of it. I think, was it my grandkids? No. Was it Joe across the street? No. There's a bite out of that one. There's a bite out of that one. Someone has dug a hole under the tomato plants looking for worms. Two years in a row, in the front yard, two peach trees loaded with peaches. And you go out and you go, now, one more day, I'm going to can these peaches. Fifty peaches, they're mine. And I open the door. Today's the day. You open the door. You're going. There's not a peach on a tree. My tomatoes have one bite. There's no peaches. There's no peach pits. They, whoever it was, grabbed it and took it off. It's gone. Havoc. There is havoc on my property. They're eating my tomatoes. They're eating my, tomato, my, my peaches. What do, I, what do I do? What do I do? I know exactly what to do. Do I still have a possum? Yeah, I do. He's right there. His name's Bob. Do I still have two raccoons? But there's a difference. They've been captured. I control it. They no longer eat my peaches, my tomatoes. They're captured. <laughs> Guess what? Until I captured them, they did whatever they wanted to on my property. 
God's saying, capture every thought that's in your head. That's just running around. And it's eating your tomatoes. <laughs> eating your peaches. Now there's a disclaimer right here. These are wild animals. It's not a petting zoo. God demands us to take captive every thought and make it obedient. 